up to 70% of managers find meetings unproductive. So when you think about the amount of time people spend in meetings, so far, there have been thousands of them that have started since you've listened to just this part of the podcast. Hi, and you just entered the Leadership Gym. I'm Randy Hall. I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant, and this is the place where we work on our ability to lead our team, lead our business, and yes, lead ourselves. If you are looking to improve your capabilities as a leader, you are in the right spot. Thanks for being here to work on the amount of impact that you have on other people. That's what leadership is. That's what really good leaders do. And today we're going to talk a little bit about how to do it with meetings. I constantly have conversations with people as I work with clients and organizations that consistently bemoan the way their meetings work. They consistently abhor them in a lot of different ways. They often feel like the meetings are what keep them from doing good work. If it feels like this in your organization, and if you're leading a team, it is up to you, up to anyone who leads, to think about how to do this a little differently. And yes, we have to also be clear that other people have some responsibility here. Other people have real genuine input and preparation and a mindset that they need to show up to meetings with as well. Had somebody tell me the other day, our meetings are a waste of time. We don't get anything done. And then I just have to do more work because of all the action items that come out of the multiple meetings that we have. But the solution here is not less meetings. It could be less meetings, but it's not automatically less meetings. It doesn't mean that there aren't times when fewer meetings are indeed what we should be thinking about. But it more importantly means that how we have our meetings is something that we should be creative about, that we should look at with new eyes, that we should think about differently than we have. And I want to talk through some ways to do that today. Also, some of the mistakes that we make because up to 70% of managers find meetings unproductive. So when you think about the amount of time people spend in meetings, so far there have been thousands of them that have started since you've listened to just this part of the podcast. You think about the time that we spend doing that. And then if you connect that with the fact that most people think it's unproductive time, look at how meetings are destroying our productivity. We have a lot of them and they're not working. So we have to look at the fact that we may be harming our organization by the way we have meetings. But again, I don't want us to knee-jerk to the reaction that we should have none or less meetings and we'd all be better off. I was working with an organization recently that candidly didn't have enough. There was so much lack of clarity, so much ambiguity, so much failure to communicate within the organization that more meetings done well would have helped them, would have actually caused them to do less work because so many people were heading in directions that were different or competitive 
with each other because they had not gotten aligned or gotten clarity through the use of a vehicle known as a meeting, which is just an opportunity for us to pull together and discuss things. There are some times we use meetings to go sell ideas. There are some times we use meetings to cover housekeeping items or things that we could have communicated in other ways. There are times that we use meetings just because we've used meetings in the past to do certain things. So what we want to think about here is how to use meetings to actually move our business forward, make our people better, help our communication improve and cause us to be more productive. And if they're not doing that, then we're either doing them wrong or in that case, maybe we should stop doing them. But our better opportunity is to do them well and to use them in ways that actually do cause the future of our business to be better. So I want to go through a couple of things that meetings are for, and then I want to work through some ways for you to cause them to be better in your world. So first of all, meetings are not for dissemination of information. They are for causing clarity about information that's been disseminated not for the actual delivery of the new information. Now, there are, of course, exceptions to this rule. The situations where they are sensitive and we need to deliver them in person. In situations where there's a major change in the organization and us sending an email out about it would freak the world out. And so we want to do it in a session where people do have the opportunity to discuss and share thoughts and share fears and those sorts of things. So, we're not talking about major changes or sensitive individual issues or things that are going to affect people's lives in big ways. But we are talking about all the other things we use meetings for, like housekeeping or system changes or things like that. We need to, to work through those in another way to disseminate them. And then if we need to create clarity around them inside the meeting, that's great. But clarity happens when we hear it, not when we say it which means that we use the meeting to ask good questions. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we think about how to have good ones. So meetings are the only time that we can have dialogue. And maybe it's a call, but it's still a meeting. It's still an opportunity that, that we have created in our business where both people's schedule is affected so that we can work together, not individual ping-ponging of ideas back and forth through email, which is not a good place to do that. Email doesn't work very well for discussion or collaboration, and yet we try to use it that way, and then we have to have a meeting to fix it. Think about the places we need to collaborate in our organization, and that's where meetings should happen. Some of the biggest opportunities that we have in meetings is to clarify what good looks like. So much, so much of what's done wrong or has to be done over in organizations is because people had two different definitions of success. They had two different pictures of what good looked like when I did this work. They had two different expectations for what happened at the end of the process and what results should be or could be. And if we continue to allow that to happen, that causes rework, that causes frustration, that causes disengagement, that causes conflict in some cases. 
So meetings are a perfect place for us to talk about, hey, when we do this work, what does amazing look like for us? What does great look like for us? What are we going to feel good about or be proud of? Because if we're aligned there, then so much of the other work that gets done gets done well and in service of that aligned goal, not based on the assumptions people made or what they did yesterday or what they think good looks like that now differs from what somebody else on the team or in the organization thinks should be happening. So that is important. Defining success and establishing priorities are very good things to be doing in meetings. Because if I think number eight is my number one, and someone else thinks number eight is their number eight, <laughs> then we've got a problem because now we've got people focusing on things that are lower priority for the organization with their best time. And that is, again, a place where when we get a mismatch in it, we create an ineffective organization. And all of us do that. These things happen. Meetings are an opportunity to make them happen less through the way that we structure those discussions. Solving problems. When we need a lot of ideas in the room because we are stuck in a place or stuck in a rut or stuck in a set of processes or stuck in a loop that isn't working. Something that we know needs to change, but we do not know how it needs to change at this point. And all of those conversations are better when we get different viewpoints, different ideas, different thoughts in the room. And if they're not better, then we have an organization of people that aren't willing to bring those thoughts, or we've created too much fear, or we've set up something that's hierarchical and only managers or people above them or people above them get to think about new things. That's not okay either. Meetings are amazing for collaboration. But we have to define that as a meeting where we're going to focus on this one problem where everybody has to bring their ideas. And that moves me a little bit into things that we need to think about to do them well. First of all, ask why we have the meeting. Why should we be doing this? How should we think differently or what should we think differently about after the meeting? Now, that does not mean that we don't have some meetings that are simply our weekly staff meeting. But I'm going to talk in a second about ways to shift those a little bit so that they don't feel less productive. So for other meetings that are outside of our routine meetings, we need to have a why. Why are we having this meeting? What do we expect to be different because we had this meeting? And how should our thoughts shift because of the conversations we have? So ask why for the meetings. The next thing I want you to think about is questions before the meeting. So we can send out things, and this is where we use email to cause thinking that creates preparation. We can send out things that say, hey, here's a couple of big questions we're going to have to answer as a group in a meeting. I want you to come with some ideas, or I want you to come with three ideas, or I want you to come with one great idea. But either way, I'm helping you prepare so that we use our meeting time exceptionally well because of your thinking time that we caused ahead of it. So what questions can we send out before? Even if they are regular meetings, there are questions. Hey, this week, I need us to be thinking about these things. 
So if you get a chance to send out questions before the meeting, you cause thinking. What this eliminates is people sitting in the meeting, hearing the question for the first time, having not thought about it, and not being sure yet what they want to put on the table or what their ideas are, or they want to do some research to get some more data to inform their ideas. And we don't have the opportunity to do that. So when it is possible, as much as you can, send out those questions before the meeting. Here are the things I want us to consider. For our regular meetings that are staff meetings or those kinds of things that we've been doing for a while that we still think we should do, I want you to experiment with shorter meetings. I want you to experiment with huddles that might be five minutes. I want you to experiment with 15-minute meetings. I want you to experiment with really quick group connections that do the things with a sense of, of urgency around time so that we do them quickly. And we don't now turn this into a meeting where we're solving a huge problem when that's not what its goal was. And we didn't cause people to think ahead of time because it's just our weekly staff meeting. So we've got to make sure that we don't repurpose the time for bigger things that we didn't prepare well for. Because now we are being unproductive. Now I'm asking you to solve a big problem that came up in a staff meeting that we haven't thought a lot about. And we're spending a lot of time with no preparation, no previous thought about these things, trying to think out loud in the meeting. And what we want to do is collaborate in the meeting, not use it for individual thinking time. That does not mean that we cannot schedule a meeting specifically to brainstorm. But if we are consistently sort of uncovering problems and trying to solve them right there with no thought, no research, no additional work into them, then we are using time in an ineffective way. So I want to make sure that we use the meeting for what it's for. And if we have to schedule another one, look, that's a big issue. I want you guys to think about that. Let's get back together on Wednesday and talk more about it. And what are the things that you think we need to walk away from, from that meeting? What are the things that need to be clear for us as we have that second meeting? But let's not do it now in our 15-minute huddle. We want to make sure that we create alignment for the week or set priorities for the week or do those kinds of things there. The next thing I want you to think about is I want you to coach those who show up poorly or unprepared or show up to receive only. And that's how it feels sometimes. I showed up to this meeting. I'm going to listen to what you tell me, and then I'm going to go get back to work on the things I was doing anyway that I feel like this meeting probably just got in the way of. We have to have people think that their job is to contribute in the meeting, not just take or receive. Now, of course, there are times when we schedule conference calls and we need to let everybody know a thing and it is sensitive or it is big or it is different. I get that. And so those are really not meetings. They're just dissemination of information in person rather than through email. They're not designed for discussion or collaboration. And I get that some of those need to be there. I just want it to be fewer of those kinds of meetings. I want meetings to happen in organizations because I see organizations improve when they do, where they're built around the ability for everybody to have a say, get to contribute, add their value, create more impact, those things in an organization. And here's why that drives engagement. Listening to other people have a meeting with me is very different than an organization saying, I need your thoughts and ideas. 
It's different in terms of how people perceive their value inside the business. It is different in terms of the way people think in an organization, how accountable they are. It is different in the way that people feel about the place that they work. And so meetings get to do a couple of things for us. We get to work on the things that we're talking about in the meeting. We also get to use them to drive engagement. And if your meetings are driving disengagement, which huge number of people agree, huge numbers of people agree is happening inside their organization, then we're now taking time out of the calendar to disengage our people. That's not okay. So make sure that we coach people individually if we need to. Hey, I expect you to show up here and contribute. How can you prepare? What ideas might you have? What's your process for getting ready for these meetings? And sometimes what we'll hear is, well, there's too many meetings. I don't have time to get ready for them. So now we're, again, using our time unproductively. Start with thoughts. Start with thoughts from people if you can. If there's a process you can use, such as doing a round, I want to go around the table. I want to hear everybody's thoughts on this challenge that we're working with today. I want to, and you have two minutes. We can keep it tight. We can keep it short, but we're going to get people talking early rather than do a whole lot of preamble and then say, what do you think? I want to get people involved as quickly as I can. That way we get to maximize the time that we have after people are involved. Around, if you haven't used them or haven't heard about them, is a really good thing to use in meetings. And around is simply going around. Everybody gets a little bit of time. It's not discussion. I just want you to put your thoughts on the table. We're not commenting on them. We're not judging them. We're not doing any of those things. When we finish the round, we can now answer some additional questions together as a group with discussion. But one of the cool things about the round is you're not going to get interrupted. Everybody must speak. And it's an expectation that you have something to say there. And so when rounds happen in meetings, people prepare differently because there is nothing more frustrating for a lot of people or maybe even fearful for a lot of people creating fear is, is this concept or this phenomenon of not knowing what to say in a meeting. It creates some sweaty palms. It creates some anxious moments. And so we want people to get used to the fact that they need to prepare for that. And they will so that they don't end up in that situation, at least many of the people. It's not a fun place to be. But if we allow people to take a back seat in the meeting and be passive and be reactive only in that space, rather than active and proactive, then our meetings will look very, very different. They will look like lectures. They will look like people in a classroom sitting there waiting for the teacher to tell them what to do, rather than a really good discussion about challenges that our business is facing, and more importantly, opportunities that it could go capture. I want you to also give follow-up feedback to people that show up well in meetings and of course people that don't but i want you to think about the kind of feedback that really does improve human behavior and that's the kind where we connect with someone after a meeting and say hey when you put that idea on the table it caused our team to be better because we had to wrestle with it and because it mattered and because it was important and because you took the time to consider that so i really appreciate it when you show up that way when we give specific action-oriented, action-relevant feedback to people, 
it allows them to know what to do more of. It does exactly what we were talking about when we said that we were going to define what good looks like. We're simply doing it after the fact through feedback. It's a valuable mechanism for us as coaches and leaders. And using it after meetings is critical in terms of how we help our team have meetings better. If we find ourselves as a leader in a place where our meetings aren't good and our team expects us to make them better without their input, support, or them thinking differently about how they show up, then we've now created hierarchical sort of decision-making structures rather than a collaborative, cooperative, fully engaged team. And so we have to make sure that when people do those things, when we catch them doing those things well, that we take the time for that follow-up feedback. Look, meetings are a huge part of what we do inside organizations. They are huge chunks of time that we use inside organizations. Our job as a leader is to help people have them well. And that's not just completely because we restructure them, but it is partly because we take ownership for trying to do some things in there that help them move toward their best. We're going to spend that much time on them. Let's do them well. And if we need to spend less time on them, that's okay. As long as we are making sure that we still communicate and collaborate as a business in ways that we should so that we get to chart a new future for ourselves and make sure we go capture the opportunities that are out there for our team, for our business, and for ourselves as a leader. Meetings are just a vehicle. How we drive them is kind of up to us. Hey, thanks for joining us today. And if you would do this, I would appreciate it. And that is leave us a five-star rating and a review. It helps other leaders find us. And what we're trying to do is create conversations that help people lead more effectively. So we are wanting to eliminate bad bosses. <laughs> if you can help us do that, we would appreciate it. And your review and your rating will. I hope we've earned five stars. Thanks for being here today. Now, go have better meetings. Go make a difference.